1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, Great show today. I was joined by my friend Shoshana Weissman. It's always a great time talking to Shoshana. Uh, We talked about uh, everything right in here at Wheelhouse today. It was good timing to have her on the show this week. We talked about uh, the great debate over uh, repealing Section 230 and big tech censorship and, and all of that. And we also got into the divide on the right that we're seeing right now between the more libertarian wing and the the more nationalist, populist wing. We we covered a lot of ground. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, Before I get to Shoshana, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Shoshana (laughs) Weissman. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Shoshana Weissman. Shoshana, how you doing? How was your Thanksgiving?
0: It was great. I got to sloth a little, and I haven't had a chance to do that in a while, which was like amazing. <laughs> how about you?
1: It was good. It was good. We, uh, you know, we, we had a family member that was kind of in close contact with somebody that tested positive, so we kind of scaled back the family gatherings. No grandparents, anything like that. So that kind of sucked. But I, I definitely had a relaxing weekend. So De- definitely necessary after the shit show that has been. The last month in the world of politics.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, we all need to take breaks more.
1: So, I think the news cycle this week is designed to drive you crazy, um, <laughs> which is why I wanted to have you on the show today. Uh, the President of the United States is uh, doing that thing again where he runs his mouth about things he doesn't understand. Probably my least favorite thing about President Trump, if we're being honest. Um, So he's all over Twitter. He's demanding that Section 230 is repealed. Shoshana, I know this is tedious. I know it's annoying. But for the sake of the audience, real quick, talk us through what Section 230 actually says and what it actually does.
0: For sure. So it's, it's much more simple than a lot of people realize, and it's nothing nefarious. All it does is say, in that um you're liable for the things you say, so if you post crazy stuff, illegal stuff, if you do anything illegal on Twitter in the comments of the New York Times section or in the comments of like a blog or whatever, um you're the one who's gonna be liable if that goes to court, not the the people who like not the place where you post it so uh when Twitter tweets it's liable for what it says when I tweet I'm liable for what I say, so it's super simple, but then they they talk about this being like um you know, a handout for big tech companies, even though it was created forever. But all it is, is it's like literally a personal responsibility law. We should love this.
1: Yeah, and well, you know, obviously this predates big tech. When was this signing a law? It was like the 1930s or something.
0: No, 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 not I wish. Um, No, no, it was in the 90s. Oh really but, okay.
1: Uh, wow, I'm way yeah. off.
0: Yeah, no it's great though. I mean like it's been around forever. It's been around before like most of the companies that it applies to even existed, which is a good thing. Right. Um you know, it didn't entrench um the the companies at the time and if it did that would be a bigger issue.
1: Right, right. I I just think that most of the people pushing this including the president they they just don't understand. They've n- they've never read the text. Uh they they really don't understand. A lot of people, you know, friends of ours on Twitter for instance. I mean there's a lot of people out there that just think that if we repeal section 230 that means big de- you know it means Jack Dorsey can't censor conservatives anymore. Okay like that they've that's honestly what they believe and that's that's not how any of this works. In fact, at least in my estimation it would lead to more censorship specifically more censorship of conservatives because, you know, these, these big companies that are run by left-wingers, Twitter, Facebook, etc., I mean, they have the money to deal with lawsuits if they end up liable for the content on their platforms, right? You know who would not be able to afford these lawsuits? I don't know, like Parler, okay? So oh, yeah, So exactly. what would happen if this is repealed is, I mean, immediately, day one, here's what I think we'd see. We'd see leftist, left-wing activists who would lawyer up They'd all get on Parler, for instance. I'm just using them as an example. And they would just search Parler for instances of defamation or slander or whatever and sue Parler out of existence, okay? Like, it would immediately backfire on conservatives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, right now we have the best regulatory framework to allow for, like, competition and stuff like that. Like, that's a really, really good um, framework. If we, if we got rid of 230, you're, like you're saying, um, we would have all these lawsuits, but not so w- without 2:30, we go back to what's called the moderator's dilemma. And it just means if you moderate anything in the comment section of your blog, if you, if Twitter moderates at all, then it's legally liable for everything, which is insane. That's just undoable. So they could get out of liability by not moderating anything ever. And some people like that idea, but they don't realize how much spam would be all over the platform. It would literally drown out like any voice. And, you know, they're, they're spammers and stuff generally. But, um, you know, other companies could kill their competitors by sending spam to those, you know, those right. uh right. comment sections or Twitter or whatever. So um, so without 230, you just have this. It, it is a real wild west where you can't see content you like or or they moderate so much that only the things they're absolutely sure uh, they wouldn't face liability for would get through like, hey, here's a picture of my cat. And they have to make sure that the picture has nothing illegal in it. So, you know, it, it would it would be crazy. Um, and not that anyone could really handle the lawsuits, but the big guys can handle it way better than the small guys. Like someone starting the next Twitter, like if, if Parler takes off and if it does work, um, that would be great, but um, they're not going to be able to do that if they're having lawsuits every five seconds about their moderation practices. Um, and furthermore, even, you know, let's say, Twitter, let, you know, just using Twitter as an example, let's say Twitter or Facebook goes ahead and says, without 230 and says, okay, we're going to moderate, but we're just going to let content that we're only sure is legal through. But what happens then is that they're, you know, assuming that there's bias, you know, even if it's not really intentional. Um, They're going to be more comfortable with left of center content. They'll understand it better. It just speaks their language better. So they'll be less scared of like liability risks with content that goes in line with the way they're already thinking. So no matter what, basically conservatives lose and lose hard uh, without 2:30. Like there's all these conservative personalities online who would never have a following without the the ability of like 2:30 to bring people together and show people here someone who thinks differently. Not saying everything's perfect and and flawless, but not, that's life. Nothing is. Um, and there's ways to make things better without say, telling government shut down everything.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just a side note, it seems to me that repealing 230, I, there's. it seems like there'd be entire genres of websites that would just cease to exist. Like, I can't imagine a world without Section 230 where, like, Reddit could exist. Like, I, I, I think most sites, or like Wikipedia, for instance, you know what I mean? If If, like, Wikipedia was liable for every jackass who edits something in a hilarious fashion, you know? Like, I I don't think sites like that could exist. I think and then also most platforms would just eliminate things like message boards, right? Like, I don't think you could leave comments on, like, YouTube would just get rid of comments. I think a lot of of sites would get rid of comments. You know, they just wouldn't want to deal with the lawsuits, deal with the hassle.
0: Exactly. Online communities would die. Like with Reddit, Reddit's an interesting case because I'm not even totally sure how it would play out because it's so formal yet informal. Um, I'm honestly not exactly sure how it would all work out. But I know that just online conversation really wouldn't be able to work so great online. Um, And it's uh, again, if you um, if you want um, lawsuits to to flourish and you just want to be able to sue your competitors, that's great. But like, again, just everyone loses And, And people also think, oh, well, it's political bias. So who cares if all online conversation is shut down? Like one, you know, there's some bias, but it's not like world ending. Like a lot of people say, there's a lot of conservative voices still online, still on Twitter, like the overwhelming majority are, are, are there. But, um, uh, even if you go further than that, if you shut it down, then you kind of like bring the power back to the mainstream media, which conservatives don't like. So that that's shooting themselves in the foot again. Um, but we should be wary when governments like, oh, there's too much free speech online or there's too much moderation in ways I don't like. You know, Twitter has a right to free speech, too. And there's ways to work with them to improve it, to make it all better and stuff. And not to say everything's going to be perfect, but like the alternative is just so much worse for conservatives. Um, and also there, there's so there's so many places that like people don't realize that aren't political that like keep the Internet running like. Um, um, Stack Overflow is this awesome site where you can exchange coding ideas and it like runs the internet. It's like, um, it, it's incredible. And it, it I use it regularly for all different kinds of code and stuff. Um, And there's even all trails where like people share and create trails online, show people how to get there and stuff. There's this whole internet aside from politics that people aren't considering that like keep innovation online and offline going. And I think it's just... It's so short-sighted to say, oh well, people aren't allowed to say what they want all the time online, so we should just kill free speech online. Yeah,
1: you mean the entire internet isn't focused on Donald Trump versus Joe Biden? <laughs> like, there's yeah, other, exactly. there's other things out there. No way. I, and I know you're not a partisan hack like like I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I do want to get some partisan hackery here in here in a minute, but I, I do have to mention uh, before I move on that you know Josh Hawley the worst uh, Republican in the country by far, Uh, and and other Republicans uh, want to add a a Section 230 repeal into the the annual defense spending bill. I mean, yikes, the the hypocrisy of of that. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when, you know, loading bills with unrelated nonsense was a bad thing. Uh, I I can't believe these people are actually trying to move forward with this. It looks like they're not going to get their way. There's nowhere they're going to get away with it. You're seeing, you know, Congressmen on both sides of the aisle saying uh no uh, that's a non-starter so i mean thank goodness that's not going to happen but man the audacity of some of these guys um my goodness i mean can you leave the, the the military spending bill alone like my my gosh
0: yeah i know it i mean we the ndaa is such like It's it's so bad to begin with. It would be great if we didn't have to constantly make it worse. And you have like these, you know, oh, I'm a true conservative guys, then just like throwing random stuff in there and justifying it. I'm like, this this is crap. This is total crap. And also, you know. Even if we disagree on 230, like we should have actual debates about it instead of throwing it into a defense spending bill for no reason. You know, there's even uh, uh, conservatives on um, in the House who are like, look, I'm not I don't love 230, but this is not the way to do it. And also a full repeal, which a lot of people on the right were telling you, oh, well, a full repeal is never going to happen. You're lying. Like, really? Because that's literally what Trump and so many others are trying to do. it's a terrible vehicle for it. I mean, we, we shouldn't be messing with 230 at all. But, like, if we're going to, the NDAA is just not the place to do it. And, it, it, again, it's just always funny to see these people talk a big principle game and then be like, I'll just do whatever.
1: I, I want to, you know, just speak to the people on the right, which is obviously the the vast majority of this audience. But, I mean, I just I can't think of any. Government regulation of any kind that hasn't hurt conservatives, <laughs> like I just don't, like I I don't I I can't think of any time government has done anything that hasn't infringed on rights. I mean that's what government does is they, they're professional rights infringers. I mean that's that's the function of government and i mean furthermore like i i can't think of any action taking by taken by government that hasn't backfired not just on the right on both sides that hasn't immediately backfired on whoever took that action i mean the the most obvious example is is harry Reid nuking the judicial filibuster i mean i'm sure he thought it was a good idea at the time it ended up giving us president donald trump and three awesome supreme court appointments so i mean look government look joe biden's going to be the next president sorry guys he is That means Kamala Harris is probably going to be president in the next few years as well. Like, government is a giant gun. That's all government is, okay? Like, government isn't your friend. Government isn't particularly useful. It is a giant gun. So I don't know why you would want to, just strategically speaking, for people on the right, why would you want to upgrade that gun, polish it up, put new optics on it, a new scope, buy a 100-round drum mag for the gun, and then hand it to your political opponent so they can blow your head off with it?
0: (laughs) I I just don't understand. I mean, that's literally— Like people always thought, you know, I I, I often reference like the Fairness Doctrine and I think it's an apt comparison like that was used to hurt conservatives. What the hell do you think is going to happen when government can say stuff? And I've heard people say like, oh, well, it's so bad now it can't get any worse. And I'm like, you're tweeting this like, shut up. Like, you know, if it was so (laughs) bad now, you wouldn't be able to tweet this. And also it's just it's naive and it's it like lacks understanding about like how things work. Um, And it's like, yeah, you're mad. I get that. But like, don't ruin everything for yourself when you're mad. Like it's, oh my gosh, it just like, it it drives me up a wall. Like even hearing free speech advocates go against 230. I'm like, this is really like messed up. Like you don't know how this works. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's complete. I mean, it's like a child's like view of the world it, it it drives me crazy but like no I'm, I'm gonna put my partisan hack hat on i apologize <laughs> but like you know the, the people saying it can't get any worse i mean look you might not fear joe biden but i mean kamala harris is gonna be it's gonna be president in a couple years i mean biden they might keep him around till after the 2022 midterms but uh, <laughs> I, I i mean look kamala harris is a gunfighter man like she's a she's a gunfighter of a politician. I mean, so Trump, you know, Ronald Reagan was a gunfighter. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but she is a, she's a nasty, I mean, she, she called Joe Biden a racist rapist during the debates. She, she's demonstrated she's willing to do anything to obtain power. She, you know she she withheld information that would have freed an innocent man on death row okay she she was, she was willing to have sex with a 60 year old man in her late 20s to obtain political power. So she's like very focused on obtaining power it, it seems like the right should be focusing on limiting the power of the executive at every turn limiting the, the right. size and scope of the government not regulating big tech and and expanding the ability for the executive branch to regulate stuff and then hand that to Kamala Harris. It's just like, strategically speaking, it boggles my mind. It's like these people can't see five inches in front of their nose. It's I I, I don't get it.
0: No, it's a good way to put it. They can't see what's right in front of their face. And it drives me up a wall. I'm like, guys, you want to give these people power. Like you think they hate you. You think that you you they want you gone and like all this. So you're going to give them power to regulate tech companies as they see fit and not just regulate them, but regulate free speech. And I'm just like, it just, it's unbelievable to me. Um, and again, not to say these companies are perfect. You don't even have to think they're good, but like, this is going to kill their competitors because big companies can afford regulations way better than small companies ever can. It's as simple as that. It's always the case. And like what, when you're, when you're increasing liability, big people will be able to handle it a lot better than little people. Um, it, it's just, it's simple, but like nobody or too few people seem to get it. And it, it, it's really frustrating, um, you know, to see these people just again not see what's directly in front of their face. And again, if you think that you're like in in a group that government doesn't like, then maybe don't give government more power to like mess with you. That's not like it, it's like people are saying, oh, things are bad, so we just need to destroy everything. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's not the solution.
1: Yeah, I mean. Conservatives need to understand the government's not their friend. I mean, look at the last four years. Like, government's not even your friend when a Republican's in the White House. I mean, Donald Trump wins and he's impeached. Uh, the, all the, the, the government agencies, you know, the FBI, the CAA, they're trying to take him out the, the entire time. The leaks coming from all these agencies. It's like, you know, like— you can't even Republicans can't even wield power when they're in power because government will try to stop them from doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand why Republicans tactically think it's it's smart. But like, look, I we're we're both libertarians. I, I'm a libertarian who cares about the future of the Republican Party quite deeply. I mean, th- there's always going to be that debate among libertarians as as how best to move forward. You know, there's the there's the agorists who think you shouldn't vote. You should. You'll buy a farm out in the middle of nowhere off the grid and just watch the world fall apart from a distance <laughs> like i don't like that that's not that's not personally my tactic and you know there's the folks that want to build up their libertarian party I, I really don't like that either i think they're a joke uh, i mean my preferred tactic moving forward is the ron paul rand paul thomas massey mike lee strategy of trying to steer the republican party in a libertarian direction from the inside and we've made progress in some areas lately you know criminal justice reform we've made progress on things like drugs, you know, on, on foreign policy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, heck, we, at least we haven't started any new wars in the, in the last few years, I guess. That's not nothing. But w- with this nationalist populist position bubbling up all over the place on the right regarding regulation, it's a problem. Like, I, I it, it feels like we're losing. You know what I mean? Like, it really feels like people yeah. like you and I are losing. It feels like it's getting worse. And now you have the, the, a Republican president you know tweet tweeting about this I, I i don't quite know how we combat this moving forward i it is scary like it does i don't know if it feels that way to you but it seems like we're we're on a sinking ship right now unfortunately
0: well i guess we always kind of have that under a republican president like everyone forgets their principles which sucks oh yeah, oh, yeah. um it's just it i know what it happens it just i haven't really been super involved like in bush because i was like 10 years old <laughs> so i like you know after um seeing it now, it's just really disappointing. I mean, also, one thing to remember, too, is politicians are lying to you. They know they're lying to you about the 2.30 stuff, and they're doing it because they think it's what people want to hear. So, like, whatever the base wants, and the base is just anyone who calls their office enough or some random guy who tweets them and stuff, like, I mean, they know that it'll hurt people, but they don't care because they get more power back if online freedom dies because they'll be on mainstream media more. So like, you know, even if it's a, a channel they don't like so much, they still get more power by being on TV all the time. Um, and also I think some of them realize that it's bad and would even hurt them. Um, but they're like, well, our base wants it, so I can't go against it and I have to go do stuff to look, make it look like I like the base and I'm with them and stuff. So it's it's just a really... This really kind of highlights the worst of everything. There's also a, a piece of moral panic here where oh social media is evil, so it's cool if we kill it,
1: yeah, I mean, look, I think social media is evil too. I just think government's more evil <laughs> like, I don't know it's just like it's it's concerning like you know during the the tea party days, you know the two thousand you know eight nine at least you know most Republicans at least paid lip service to libertarian ideas and I, I just feel like it's we're kind of being overtaken by the the Tucker Carlson populist kind of movement right now, you know, and maybe it'll yeah. swing back. I just don't know how we swing that pendulum back. Like, you know, I, obviously a lot of those Tea Party politicians they once they got in office they <laughs> they uh, they forgot why they ran in the first place and they you know blew out spending and, and all this. And, you know, they kind of gave up their a lot of their libertarian positions. But it's like I I really don't know how. I don't know if we need like a, and like I don't really respect or like politicians and I, I don't really care like i'm not i don't you know but when ron paul was really popular for instance you know there was like this big way you had teenagers and young adults like chanting and the fed <laughs> yeah you know, was, you know what i mean like maybe we need another guy like that just a charismatic i don't know if you, you can call ron paul charismatic but like a charismatic leader you. you know to kind of lead that that movement back i don't know if that's what we need but I, i'm not hearing a lot of and the fed chants i mean I'm hearing a lot of like this very bizarre populist, you know, it's like a some mix between like neoliberalism and, and like odd like Catholic stuff. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. I, I just don't know how we get back to like a libertarian movement within the Republican Party
0: yeah I'm not sure either. I mean, there's definitely pockets of intelligence where people like know issues or even if it's a random issue, it's something they care really deeply about, and it's something they know really well, which is great. But it's just not common. Part of it is we all need to stop treating politics like celebrity, like like a sports game or like celebrities or whatever. There's a lot of that, and it's really, really destructive because it just becomes cult of personality and team sports, like, that's all it is. So one, a lot of people need to stop paying attention to politics if they're not going to pay attention constructively. And I don't know how to fix those incentives. Um, That is one of the downsides of social media. It's really made that stuff like way worse. Um, But part of it too, is just like, it's people are never going to be deep in policy. And it's hard to like, it's hard to get people into policy in part because, you know, people have lives and I totally get that. I just wish they would have lives and not treat politics like sports and, you know, do that kind of stuff. Um, So I I think there's ways you can inform people and get people involved. Part of it too is like when politicians lie, people a lot of times believe them and understandably part of the issue there is that like um, it's kind of like a um, prisoner's dilemma where the first person to lie wins. Right. So like, every politician that tells the truth about something that's not popular to tell the truth about is going to lose kind of thing. It's hard to explain, but that that's sort of how it works in certain cases. It depends on the issue, and there's lots of other stuff it depends on, but it, it it's kind of there. So... I mean, we need to fix incentives in politics. We can't fix them all. That's why, like, James Madison was like, if men were angels, no government would be needed. So there's always going to be this stuff, but I think there's still ways to make it better. Um, I'm not entirely sure how we go about doing it. A lot of it is a collective action problem among many different kinds of groups, but um, it's really bad. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And just real quick, before we wrap up, I mean, I... I, I I'm not ignoring the issues with big tech. Like I I hate that big. I mean big tech they are biased. I mean they are yeah. an agent of the the Democratic Party in this country. I mean they they do censor conservatives. I mean look there was a uh, um there's some polling data that came out that was uh, that alludes to the the fact that this may be much worse than we thought. I mean it was it was something like half of Joe Biden uh, voters had never even heard of the the hunter biden corruption story that was that that uh, that the new york post broke and 17 um, percent of biden voters said that they would at least consider not voting for him if they had heard of a lot of the, the hunter biden story and a lot of these other stories that were suppressed by big tech i mean look i i get it it's a huge problem these big tech companies facebook and, and twitter chief among them may realistically be the reason why joe biden's going to be the next president and, and that, that's a problem. I mean, these people do have their thumb on the scale. I mean, they have their whole body on the, They have a house on, on the scale. OK, and like I get it. And that's a big problem. I'm not ignoring that. But from our perspective, you know, what should people be doing? What should libertarians be, be doing to combat censorship? You know, obviously, we know government actions never the answer to it. If, if, if government action is the, the, the answer, you're asking a really stupid question. So we know that's right. not that's not right. But what can we be doing to combat big tech censorship?
0: So yeah, like we don't want government determining what speech is neutral. Could you imagine how Orwellian that would turn out? Like, oh, the the speech is neutral. Oh, this moderation is, is viewpoint neutral. That That's not Yeah, so we don't want to go there. But so I, I do think there's problems, but I think sometimes people don't understand where the real problems are. Sometimes it really is just tech glitches like that happens a lot when like when a congressman is like why do all my emails go to spam honestly gmail doesn't touch shit like, it no. just, like <laughs> if your email's going to spam that's on you that's on your company and there's other spam yep. issues like i've dealt with this um but it that's not that there's like no bias in that so we need to take you know just just taking examples of where it's not um and putting them aside also sometimes just weird moderation issues happen so if you have something happen to you once in a while or rarely that that's probably not that content moderation at scale is really hard there's billions of posts online so forgive the thing that here or there don't forget it but think like you know not every time it happens is is when it happens, but when you when there's something that's particularly unjust, when there's something that it's like, why the hell was this banned or uh, restricted in whatever way to draw attention to really specific examples that are. Are really similar to to show like here's a bunch of examples of the of the specific thing that's happening that I don't think should be happening um and if you can say hey this is what we want you to change here's this one thing or even you know you can do a couple of different but if you're just yelling at them about every little thing they're not going to know what to focus on but um an example of where this worked is that like lot i mean i don't think this was a good solution but it the pressure did work there was a lot of pressure that like people were targeting like racist ads on facebook to different religious groups so facebook took away religious ad targeting which isn't good because like i work for religious organizations sometimes as a side consultant to help them target people so if i can't target jews i'll be like okay i'll just like target by synagogues that they like it's the same thing you know useless but they they do respond and they respond to conservatives too you just need to have those specific examples and really like close instances of this is all the same thing happening this is what we want you to stop um and again they really will listen part of the problem too is there's also like people like me who know people at these companies and i could go to them and say hey here's an issue that i think you should like consider or address, or I might ask them, hey, what's going on? But there's a lot of people in the conservative movement who know those people and don't try to fix stuff. Instead, they just yell at them publicly for attention. And behind the scenes, they're like, oh, we're cool, right? And that's not helpful. So you want to make those connections. You want to keep good connections um, and really work stuff out with them. Um, Because that's how it used to be until conservatives realized that they could, like, get attention and love from, uh, from the base by just yelling at people instead of working
1: to <laughs> fix <sick> stuff. <laughs> yeah, screaming and yelling online gets those retweets, though, huh? Exactly.
0: I mean, my goodness. But I, I,
1: I do have to say, the least helpful position, and it, it's from people that agree with us on this issue that, that agree that that government action is is you know ob- obviously the wrong way to go here, and and regulating tech would would backfire and it'd be it would be cataclysmic. A cataclysmic failure, you know. So they they get half of it right and half of it wrong. And I'm I'm not going to call anybody out by name, you know, because they're not here to defend themselves. But you, you, y'all can figure out who I'm talking about. There are there's a lot of pundits on the right who are with us on this, but they they have this completely ridiculous, incoherent position where where they get the first half right. They so said, don't regulate big tech. You know, and then they say conservatives don't complain, you know, whatever. If they ban you, they ban you. They're a private company. Twitter can do whatever they want. Don't complain. Go build your own Twitter. It's a free country. Okay. And then, like, you know, they, they build parlor. You know, conservatives go off and build parlor. And then the same people saying don't regulate big tech, conservatives go build your own Twitter, mock Parler. It's Like, oh, look at these idiots. That's never going to work. Ha, ha, ha. Look how stupid they are. It's like, okay guys stop like that's not that is the least helpful that is an incoherent position like you can't hold those two positions simultaneously that does not work that is inco that is completely incoherent like you cannot tell people to build their own twitter and then mock them for building their own twitter so it's like look if we're gonna move forward from this that has got to stop like that is just it, it's frustrating to watch i don't know why it's like this weird i don't know they, they enjoy mocking conserve like their fellow conservatives who are, are banned by social media or whatever. They, I, I don't know why. I, I don't understand that. You know, a, a lot of these folks are the, uh, you know, like the never-Trump Republicans, which is fine. But, you know, maybe so they're—I don't know if they're enjoying the the hashtag strange new respect from the left, you know, that you get for opposing a Republican president. I don't know if there's a little bit of that involved. But it's frustrating. It's not helpful. And I really hope that stops. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I agree in part. It's funny, like when when Senator Mike Lee or Ted Kruse are like join Parlor with me, I'm like, great, that's that's what they should be doing instead of trying to regulate it. But Parler does have a lot of issues. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, it's funny. I, I kind of mock them sometimes, but because of their very specific policies, like at first there were times when I'm like, okay, I get where they're going with this, but then they'll do stuff that's wild. Like their moderation system doesn't make a lot of sense. They also say it's based on the first amendment, but it isn't, which is totally fine. But it's kind of like, they want to be something to people that they're just not. And like, so I kind of mock them for that. But in fairness, I mock a lot of (laughs) startup. Not all of them, but there there are certain ones where they're trying to reinvent the wheel or do something impossible. And I'm like, this just isn't going to work. There can be really good alternatives, but just the way Parler is going, it doesn't make sense. And I think there's there's narrow things they could do to make it a lot better. Like one of the big issues was that... um, you know, on Twitter, let's say you have a fake account of a congressman, you have to like label it as parody, you have to be pretty thorough about that. Well, for their will they don't care if you pretend to be a congressman or not, The someone has to complain before they touch it. And like, that's not a great moderation system. Or they also had some other incoherent stuff. Um, I'd like to see them succeed. But I'm also like, guys, this isn't how stuff works. So as a tech nerd, I mock them, but not as like, you know, I want I want them to work. I just they're not. And it bothers me. But but I know what you mean, too. It's like um, the thing that bothers me more is like when people mock elected officials doing the right thing and being like, hey, go to parlor. Like that's a good thing for elected officials to do. Um, I still don't like any corporate favoritism or unfavoritism. Like I feel like that politicians should be kind of neutral towards all companies and stuff. But still, if they're like, hey, instead of regulating you um, or instead of having that conversation right now, how about we all go here and talk um, so I, I like that, but, and it bothers me when people mock that. I'm like, guys, do you not see what they're trying to do? Like, this is a really good thing.
1: Right, right. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of things to mock parlor about, but not the fact that they exist. <laughs> you know, I you know agree, what agree. I mean? It is also hilarious that you just brought up the notion that politicians would ever be neutral on anything. That is.
0: Oh, I know. I'm trying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a rosy view of, uh, humanity, I, I will say. But um, thank you so much for coming on and educating the audience on this issue. Hopefully, um, I mean, I would love for the news cycle. I, You know, we're used to the news cycle, you know, shifting extraordinarily fast. And I would love for that to happen again. Because if I see one more, you know, hashtag Republicans against free speech, I swear, I'm going to blow a gasket. But thank you so much for, for doing this. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Shoshana, where can everybody uh, follow you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff?
0: For sure. Thank you. At Senator Shoshana on Twitter and at RSI on Twitter. Pretty much everything else you can find through there. Um, all my work is also on rstreet.org. All
1: right. Everybody check out R Street. They are great. Everybody follow Shoshana. She is great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs>